three companies' stores, and a few log cabins and native huts, besides the mission. The boys want to get off as soon as possible for Koyuk, but fear they will have to go to Nome for camp stoves and pipe, as there are none to buy here. They brought wood from the beach today on the sleds, and there is no lack of fuel here, nor of strong, willing arms to gather it. It seems a long, long time to wait without hearing from the home folks. I wonder how it seems to them. I only wish they could see how comfortably and happily we are situated, and what jolly times we have, for it would do their hearts good. Few are so favored in all Alaska, of that I am certain. Saturday, November 10th. I have sewed all day on a canvas coat for Mr. B., Alma helping with the cutting. He wants it to put on over his fur parky to keep the snow and rain off it, and has himself made the loops and fastenings. He whittled out the buttons from small pieces of wood, twisted cord to loop over them, and put them all firmly on the coat so that it looks well and will be serviceable. I put a good-sized hood of the same, with a fur border around the face, on the coat, and it will be a good garment to hunt ptarmigan in, for it is the color of snow, and the birds cannot see him. The visiting preacher has had an experience in being in the water, and from it has contracted rheumatism in one limb, which he is nursing, so he sits by the fire and plays and sings for us while we sew. He is very pleasant, and all seem to like him. The weather is not cold, and Miss J and Mr. H started out with reindeer for the home at seven in the morning. It was a singular sight to see them when leaving. All the little natives and fur parkies stood around, watching. The two sleds were loaded with baggage, and Miss J sat on the top of one of them, holding the rope that went under the body of the deer and around his head and horns for a harness. This deer was tied to the back of the sled in front of him, and Mr. H went ahead, having hold of the rope that was fastened to the first deer. Sunday, November 11th. We are having a heavy and wet snowstorm. All stayed in until three in the afternoon, when we attended church service in the schoolhouse. I played the organ. The Swedish preacher read the scriptures, and Ivan interpreted. We sang hymns and songs, and the hour was enjoyed by all, though the preacher did not feel quite well enough acquainted with the English to preach in that tongue, and Mr. H. was away. There were about twenty natives present, and ten or twelve white people, Miss E. remaining at home to get the dinner. I went in thought over the great waters to my southern home, where today the churches are decorated with palms and floral beauties, and I saw the friends in their accustomed seats, but I was not there. Thousands of miles away to the frozen north we have come, and little do we know if we shall ever see home again. Tears came to my eyes, but I kept them hidden, for none shall say I am homesick. I am glad to be here. I have faith to believe that the Father's loving watch care will be still further extended, and I shall reach my homeland and friends sometime in the future. November 13th. Weather is warm, wet, and sunny. Water is running in the bay, and snow is soft underfoot. I worked this afternoon on a mitten pattern for myself, assisted by Alma. Evidently pattern making was intended for others to do, for though my spirit is as willing as possible, 
the flesh is very weak in that direction. But I did finally get a mitten, thumb and all, that looks not half bad. This was banner day for my laundry work, and my handkerchiefs have been ironed for the first time since I sailed from San Francisco. Heretofore I was in luck to get a time and place in which to wash them. At half past four o'clock in the afternoon, when it was too dark to sew longer, Alma, Ricca, and I went out upon the beach to meet the boys who had been gathering wood, and we walked a half mile over the rough trail of ice blocks, drifts, and hummocks. We floundered on through all until we saw them coming, and then sat resting on some logs until they came up. Two of Mr. H.'s dogs, Fido and Muckaletta, had followed us and ran at our heels playing in the snow, which was more than one foot deep in places. The boys had found a long ladder on the beach, probably from some wreck, and they had brought it on the sled with the wood. It was most difficult work hauling the sled over the uneven trail, and all were puffing and perspiring when they reached home. A little prayer meeting was afterwards held in the kitchen, during which Mr. H. and Miss J. came in from the home with reindeer, tired and hungry. We spent a pleasant evening visiting, singing, and knitting. A man has come from Nome and says that the steamer bringing mission supplies from San Francisco was obliged during the last hard storm to throw some of its cargo overboard, and part of the mission stores were thus lost. All are sorry to hear this, as it means a shortage of necessary things, like furniture for the home, where much is needed. November 14th. Miss J. has taken in two more little Eskimos, a girl and a boy. First of all, she cuts their hair close to their heads, then each has a good bath in the tub, and they are dressed in clean clothing from head to foot and fed plentifully. This was their program, and they look very happy after it, and evidently feel as well and look better. This boy seems to be about ten years old, and the girl a little older, but it is not customary among the Eskimos to keep account of their ages, and so nobody really knows how old anyone is. Alma has cut over a big reindeer skin parkie for the visiting preacher, and a fur sleeping bag for Miss J while Ricka has made a fine cap for Mr. H. of dogskin, lined with cloth. This morning, when the men went out to the hills where their two reindeer had been tied in the moss, the animals were gone, and Ivan returned, fearing that they had been stolen. But when Mr. H., G., and B. went to look, they found no men's footprints, and concluded that they had broken away and gone back to the herd as their tracks went in that direction. Mr. H. went on after them, and the two boys came home wet with perspiration from floundering about in the deep, soft snow and wearing their heavy rubber boots. I gave them coffee when they got back. I have sewed on my new mittens and done some knitting, besides tending the baby, who runs quickly from one thing to another, like any other mischievous child, getting into first one thing and then some other, which must be coaxed away from her by management. I usually do this by giving her some new plaything, if I can possibly find any article she has never yet had. A box of needles, buttons, and thread she likes best of anything I have yet found, and a grand reckoning day will come before long, when Alma finds the little Eskimo has been amusing herself with her property. 
Mr. G. found a part of somebody's outfit, consisting of clothing and tin dishes, on the beach today. Miss J. held a little meeting again in the kitchen for the natives after supper, and is very happy over having the two new little Eskimos. This is our fourth week in the mission, and pleasant and happy ones they have been, at least if there have been vexations to some, they have succeeded admirably in keeping them out of sight. November 15th. The weather is still warm, wet, and slippery underfoot. This morning a young man called from Nome with a letter from Mary, saying she is coming by dog team as soon as the trails are good. The commissioner called today to get the preacher to officiate at the funeral of the man who was killed, but it was postponed until tomorrow, because the grave could not be finished before dark. The commissioner sat for half an hour and chatted in the sitting room. November 16th. All hands are at work now for the children, and overalls, waists, and shirts for the little boys, as well as garments for the girls, are on the docket. The big boys fished and got smelt and tomcod. B sewed at mittens for himself, and G took the church organ to pieces to clean and repair it. Mr. M, who has been at work on the home, has come here to spend the winter. I wish he would set to work and catch some of the mice which infest the house and run over me when I am asleep in the night time. A meeting for the natives in the house again tonight, and the doors had to be left open on account of the pungent seal oil perfume from the garments of the Eskimos. The man who was killed was buried today in the edge of the little graveyard on the hillside. The Swedish preacher was asked to go to the grave, and he did so, reading a psalm and offering a prayer. Only four or five men were present. It is a stony, lonely place, without a tree in sight, the few scattering graves having only wooden slabs for headboards. Being just above the beach, the spot commands a view of the bay in front, but it is now all a snow and ice desert and the most dreary place imaginable. Very little was known of the murdered man, and no good could be said of him, but it is supposed that he has a wife and children somewhere. What a dreadful ending! Will his family ever know what has become of him, and is his mother still living? If so, I hope they may never learn of his horrid death and worthless life in Alaska. He was never conscious for a moment after being hurt, so they know nothing as to where to write to his relatives. It makes one shudder to think of it. He may have been a good and bright child, beloved by parents and brothers, but the drink curse claimed him for its own. The weather is clear with sunshine and frost. The visiting preacher has been making himself useful for a few days by helping us in cutting out overalls and blouses for the Eskimo boys. Down on his knees upon the floor, with shears, rolls of denim, and a pair of small trousers to pattern by, he has wielded the little steel instrument to good purpose, and encouraged and assisted us greatly. With their new clothes, the children are all quite well pleased, for they are fresh and sweet. The missionaries are trying very hard to teach them cleanliness, among other things, and they sometimes come and stand in the doorway and look at us sewing their faces always good-natured, and showing more or less curiosity. When told to run away to play, they obey quickly, and little Pete and the others like to keep the wood boxes filled to help us. 
The older girls, being from 10 to 12 years of age, are often caring for and amusing Bessie, and she is fond of them until, like any other child, she cannot have her own way, and then she disapproves of them by kicking and screaming till Miss J comes to settle the business. End of chapter 17